Welcome to That's Her Business. I'm your host, Rosie Allen. On this podcast, you'll find conversations with entrepreneurs, corporate ladder climbers, and generally just real women working in business like you. Consider us your work bestie, here to provide some actionable advice on the day-to-day grind. Today, I'm speaking with Casey Sarai, entrepreneur and co-owner of Cakes Body. She launched her business along with her twin sister, Taylor, in January of 2022. And with just one product and a bit of viral marketing, they are on track to make a million dollars in profit this year. But I'll let Casey tell you all about it. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Casey. Hello. Thank you for agreeing to come on the podcast. I'm really excited to talk to you. Um, we can basically jump right in, but before we get started, can you talk a little bit about like your career background? Obviously we're going to talk about your new business cakes. Um, but yeah, I'll let you take the floor. So I, you may know this cause we used to work together. <laughs> I started in the liquor industry in a mix of sales and marketing roles for the first eight years, eight to 10 years of my career. And it's really funny thinking back because that was just so not aligned with who I am. Like, I don't like drinking. I don't like going out. Mm -hmm. I always wanted to be the first one home. So (laughs) it was great in so many ways, but it was also just a struggle doing something that really wasn't aligned with my natural personality and who I am. And I've always been, I would say always been entrepreneurial, trying different businesses and none of them really took off until Cakes, which has been really exciting. And during COVID, like a lot of people, I suddenly had a lot of time on my hands and some instability with my career. And that's really when things took off with the business and when we launched Cakes. Awesome. Um, well, I'm sure you were able to use like all of that sales experience to kind of transfer into cakes as well um, and managing a team and stuff like that. But we should probably tell people what cakes is <laughs> yes. before we go any further. Good idea. Um, so cakes, it started out, I don't want to say like a joke, but it started out like a very simple solution to a very annoying problem. So the pads inside of our sports bras always drove us nuts. They were always getting crumpled or falling out. Or if they fell out, we'd be like in the grocery store with nipple freak out. And totally, I can attest. (laughs) Or you'd be, I know my sister and business partner was out working out at a workout class with her coworkers. And there's nothing like we totally support freeing the nipple, but there are certain situations like working you out. don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> you might want to feel a little more, more covered up. So, um, so we, we were just like, how has this not been created and how has nobody done this before? So we designed the first seamless washable silicone inserts designed specifically for workout tops and swimwear. And, we launched our business at the end of January. And within a few weeks of launching, we heard from women in all walks of life, women who had gone through breast cancer, women who were breastfeeding moms, women who were going through menopause. And all of these women were sharing that this product had really helped them. And it just opened our eyes to the fact that the current bra industry 
in general is really solving for one body type. And Mm -hmm. there are just so many different body types and things we go through as women. And especially after COVID, nobody wants to wear bras. Everyone wants to be comfortable. (laughs) That's so true. And we're now on this path you know, we have our one product, the cakes, which are the silicone nipple covers for workout, but we're going down this path of developing more products to help more women with different body types. That's awesome. So I have cakes. I love them. I wear them all the time. They're my favorite. I've bought them for a friend as well, a friend's mother as well, who had um, breast cancer in the past. And she needed something that I think it's like irritates the skin usually. Um, And cakes has no adhesive. So it just sticks naturally, right? Yes. So there are no adhesives on it and it's 100% medical grade silicone. So it adheres naturally with body heat. So we, I mean, we don't recommend wearing it under anything loose fitting because it doesn't have adhesive, but anything remotely form fitting especially when you're um, working out or doing something where your body might be warm. It it adheres really well. It stays. It's awesome. Okay. So you have this business with your sister, Taylor, right? How did you guys get to cakes? Did you have like 4 million ideas before? Was it always cakes? Did you have to like tweak anything? We have had a million and one business ideas and I, think <laughs> I love that's that. all part of same. <laughs> I, I know. And do you know that is totally part of the process of I I can't imagine any entrepreneur who successfully launched their first business idea. Yeah. And we had a million and one different business ideas that we would start and stop. And I think the closest we got actually was in our early 20s. We tried to launch this exact same this exact same product, but under a different brand name. Oh, okay. So wait, what was, year was it? This was probably like 2015, maybe. Oh wow. So okay. Years ago. We mm-hmm. we had this same idea, and but we were we were definitely less confident and we had less time on our hands and we had we were just in a different phase of, of life. And we had this idea and playing into just how comical the problem is. We were going to call the business nipple armor. Oh my God. So funny. (laughs) Very literal name. It would have really pigeonholed us into one product. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we were in our early twenties trying to, you know, find someone to manufacture this for us. We did filed some trademarks. We, figured out the whole operation. And right at the 11th hour before we were supposed to launch, we received a cease and desist from a large sportswear brand. Oh, I can guess. (laughs) Yes. So that really rocked our confidence, I would say. And we were afraid to do anything at that point. And, and we were, we were definitely less, we were just in a different place. So it it brought us back to the drawing board. And for, for years, we kind of abandoned the idea. And it wasn't until really around when COVID started that we got back into it and we had evolved as people and we developed this brand Cakes Body with the same product, but more about creating solutions that make women feel good. We give back to women's health and the brand has definitely evolved from when it was nipple armor. (laughs) So (laughs) it was a blessing in the end. I mean, just thinking about like your branding now and the name nipple hour or nipple armor, it like does not match at all. (laughs) Like cakes now is so much more like soft, relatable, 
Um, and you can really see it. I love it. Um, okay. So, I mean, I guess building off of that, do you feel like you launched in the right era? Like if you had launched five years ago, would it have been as successful? That's such a good question. And no one's ever asked us that before, <laughs> but that's such a good question. You and come back to it if you need. No, the answer is no. I think now is just thinking of how amazing the timing is right now for something like this after COVID. Like, I don't even want to wear my sports bras anymore. Like, those are, those <laughs> used to be like my comfortable bras. Like, now I'm like, I look in my, underwear drawer and I only want to, I don't even want to wear a bra (laughs) or I want to wear something really stretchy and comfortable. So, and a lot of our customers say the same thing. Like a lot of people after they've had cakes, because a lot of the tops are form fitting anyways that Mm -hmm. people wear, like a lot of people haven't worn bras. So, and I think, I mean, I don't know what you think, but I think that's a relatively new shift since COVID really. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, can't think of it now, but I remember reading stats about like just how like sweatsuits were on the rise and sweaters and sweatpants and things like that, like during COVID. And I feel like most people are still working from home at least like 40% of the time, mm-hmm. um, if not more. So I'm sure that that's trend is still going. Um, okay. So you work with your twin sister, Taylor. It is really hard to tell you guys apart, but I feel like I can because I know you. <laughs> you. Even our husbands have a hard time sometimes. Like that, that's so they'll funny. Be, like, they'll like confirm they have the right one if they see us <laughs> from a distance. <laughs> um, were you at all nervous about starting a business with family? Not at all. I will say, okay, I wasn't nervous at all, but maybe I should have been a little <laughs> bit in the sense that like, there were growing pains. Like Mm -hmm. my sister and I are so close. We're, I mean, we're best friends. We're twin sisters. We, we live on opposite coasts now, but we talk a hundred times a day and Mm -hmm. I had no hesitation about starting a business with her. And I will say there were definitely growing pains in that. I think we both speak to each other a lot more directly than we would a coworker, which caused a lot of, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't a have lot that of like, like polite layer necessarily. No. Yeah. No. And like we would both in the beginning, we'd be like, we'd like literally laugh at the other one's ideas. Like that's ridiculous. And you would never say that to a coworker. So right. I think our feelings were getting <laughs> hurt a lot in the beginning. And, um, but we're, we're at a place now where we've learned, just learned how to communicate in the, in a business setting, which, so things are going amazing now, but I think having also having that trust of family helps because like whoever you're getting into business with, that is almost like a marriage. So just having that trust really? is so important. So like speaking, I guess, of a marriage and when and when you guys first started the business, did you come up with like a contract that you were like, okay, Casey's going to do X, Y, and Z. Taylor's going to handle this part. This is like what we agree to. Or how did you split the labor of the business? N- not really. Um, well, we have an operating agreement, but it's pretty standard and mm-hmm. you legally need one to have a business in California. So we technically have one, but I wouldn't say we. <laughs> but you're like more free flowing. Yeah. And I mean, how we split it up now is Taylor really he- handles anything to do with marketing, predominantly TikTok, but she does anything marketing. There's some PR stuff going on. Um 
like influencers, everything to do with, Mm -hmm. with marketing. And then I handle everything operational and, um, and then we kind of split the product development piece. So, um, which makes sense because you started there too. Yeah. So it, it works out pretty organically. I think that's where some tension has come up is when we feel like we don't have clear definition of who's responsible for what. Yeah, but, I can imagine. That's why I asked. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes I'm like, why are you getting involved with this? And I'm sure when I give her pointers on her TikTok, that's doing great. She's probably like, why are you giving me pointers on TikTok? <laughs> like, you know nothing and um, vice versa. But it's, it's. I would say it's, it's defined, but it's fluid at the same time. Gotcha. Um, so you launched earlier this year. How are your sales? They are great. We we launched at the end of January this year and we started, I, our sales are 90% coming from TikTok. And um, that really is when we saw our business evolve and grow. And we wow. are, and that was in April and we've been sold out every month since then until finally this month, we've gotten our inventory under control and we are expected to do a million dollars in our first year of business, which is... That's amazing. Thank you. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. And I only share that because I think one of the challenges is like building credibility as two young girls selling nipple covers. I think like, I don't, and especially like TikTok doesn't always have the respect that I think it it deserves. So um, I think when we share just the reach and the scope of, of TikTok and also just how deeply rooted this problem is for women, even though it's so simple. Um, I think it, and then also the vision of where we're going, I think it starts to be a picture of like, there is so much opportunity here. Yeah. So, okay. I want to delve into TikTok a little bit. You guys essentially went viral, you're saying, in April, but was that something that was like an overnight success or was it something that you had built into your business strategy? Well, that's kind to say business strategy because we really didn't have a strategy <laughs> in the beginning. We um, we were doing, we were on Instagram and we had launched this program called our Hype Girls, which mm-hmm. is an affiliate program of normal people, not influencers, normal people who get a commission. They talk about our brand. They provide feedback for us. Mm -hmm. And that program originally was designed to, for us to get content and also drive sales. Mm -hmm. And that is evolving. Yes. To do those things, but more of just like how we're building our community. And that's more of the focus of Instagram now is not necessarily driving sales. It's that community piece. Um, and then the TikTok piece, we weren't even on TikTok when we launched and we didn't really understand the value of it. And one of Taylor's good friend, well, our good friends, we actually took <laughs> dance class together as kids. Her name is Ebony Mackey. She has this company called Look, Play Hard, Look Dope Jewelry. And cool. I need to make sure I got that right. But an amazing jewelry brand and they do a ton of sales through TikTok. And she told Taylor like exactly step by step what she needed to do to sell things on TikTok. So Taylor was at it for about a month and she was she had maybe 30 followers and we were getting no sales from TikTok. And she was literally, she was like, I guess, telling her husband one night, 
I, this is taking so much of my time. There's no way, even if we go viral, there's no way that this is going to generate sales for us. It's such a bad shopping experience and Mm -hmm. intentionally, and just, I'm going to give this up. And literally the next day, our first video went viral and we completely sold out of all of our inventory that was meant to last us for that whole quarter. And it, that's really when at that point we were operating our business out of our kitchens. And (laughs) when that happened, we could no longer do that. We had to get a fulfillment center on board. We had to get proper accountants. We had to get a proper legal team. And that's really when our business shifted from something we could operate ourselves to a full operation and a full. Yeah, That's awesome. And now like, I mean, she has, over 30,000 followers. And I will say followers don't necessarily matter on TikTok because she went Mm -hmm. viral when we only had, she only had 30 followers. So um, on her TikTok, it's Taylor Cuppy 101. She has like a few videos of step-by-step the formula that she followed. And I just will say it worked and has completely changed our business and our lives. That's awesome. What was that initial video? Do you remember? It was, <laughs> well, it, something she talks about is starting with tension. So something that kind of fires people up. Okay, um, like a hook, like essentially. A hook. It yeah. doesn't need to be negative, but um, the hook in that video was name something men invented for women that sucks. Oh, that's such a good one. And she was talking about the pads and sports bras and people... It was at the time when the Victoria's Secret documentary was coming out. Mm-hmm. People were fired up over the concept of men designing things for women that are not suited for all body types. So that was some, ver- and then to this day, like some version of that message is what goes viral typically. Mm-hmm. It's relatable and it's like a perfect storm too with everything going on. That's awesome. Um, I think my other question about TikTok, do you ever outsource to an agency or does Taylor take care well, of everything? We have an amazing agency that we work with. And I will say, I'm guessing your audience is maybe in the same stage or earlier than mm-hmm. we are. So like, I will say just like to be careful of the word agency, because we talk to a lot of people who are just so expensive um, versus finding yeah. an contractor, which I would just say like finding anyone who is really familiar with TikTok will help you. And we we were really lucky. We found um, an agency run by someone named Lexi. It's called the creator code. And what's amazing about her is like, we were having a hard time finding an agency that does the strategy, but also creates the content. Yeah. A lot of times an agency will do one or the other, or they'll outsource one piece of it and it gets really expensive and she does both. And so, so it's a lot of hands on deck on, um, on Taylor's TikTok, but Taylor does a lot of it and then they do a lot as well. And then we also have a social media manager who does some, so it's a huge investment in a sense, um, but it pays off and, um, and then, you know, one thing that she, that Taylor talks about in that TikTok that kind of goes through everything is just the importance of having a creator account instead of a business account. So that was why we ha- we focus our efforts on that account instead of like a cake spotty account. 
Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And that's probably where a lot of businesses go wrong, I have to say. So I've like just started getting into TikTok. And what I love about it is how like casual it is. Mm-hmm. Like it completely sucked me in because I was like, oh, these people are not like, I mean, maybe they are, but I don't think people are like sitting down curating, like really putting a ton of effort into the mm-hmm. videos. They seem a lot more casual, which is mm-hmm. like a, a nice refresh for social media. I have to say, I do like it, but I am a millennial and so I don't know how to use it really. <laughs> and I suck at it, but. Well, um, <laughs> no, and that's the thing is the content that does the best for us are really e- like non-edited. Mm-hmm. Sorry, my dog just sneezed. I don't know it's if you okay. <laughs> Um, but the, the content that does really well for us are the non-edited, more casual pieces of content. So, um, so that's been cool. And I think what's so amazing about TikTok is for the first time, small or new brands can reach millions and millions of people for free. And that's never been possible before. That big brands hate that. (laughs) I know. And the big brands like it's funny, my husband and I were talking about this yesterday, like big brands would obviously use TikTok probably in a very different way than we would, but it's almost, you know, it's just interesting to think of why some brands aren't on TikTok where you can reach millions of people for free that are super targeted to your audience. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I want to shift a little bit I want to talk about this term that I feel like you guys coined called contagious confidence. I love it. I think it's so smart. And I just wanted to say, like, what does it mean to you to have contagious confidence? Can you kind of describe what it is? Yeah. So contagious confidence is the idea that as a community, we can watch another woman be successful or whatever that means to her. Maybe Mm -hmm. she's an amazing mom. Maybe she has a lot of, you know, free time and is able to explore her passions. Maybe her career is going really well and we can see another woman be successful and that can actually fuel us to have more confidence ourselves that we can do the same versus the narrative, which I just don't even, it doesn't resonate with me. The narrative of like that being a competitive exchange. Like I don't, I haven't found that as a woman. I know that exists, the competitive nature, but, um, but contagious confidence is all about how like watching women around us who are doing great things can actually feel confidence in ourselves. And, and that's something so cool about our community of customers and hype girls and other women in business that we talk to is I think we all kind of feed off of each other. And it's something that, we try to celebrate within our community. Yeah, that's so great. I love that you say that you're building the community. I know you mentioned it earlier on Instagram and giving back to women's health. Um, It's just a great company ethos. I love it. Um, Okay, so shifting into kind of career advice, what is your advice to women who want to start a business? I would say- It's a loaded question, but (laughs) give like one point. I would say this isn't even advice. I would just say it's not as hard as I thought I as I thought it would be. And I say that because I hope it gives women confidence who are dabbling with the idea of starting a business. And and it's not as hard as I thought it would be in the sense that when you're doing something that is really aligned to what you want to be doing, 
it's possible and you also don't need to know how to do everything it actually along is really, the way. Yeah. yeah it's really valuable to learn along the way or find experts and either bring them on when necessary to help you or just pick their brains and everyone's been so like if anyone who's walked down this path of trying to start a business wants to help I've found so there's a ton of people that's so it, true it yeah. kind of opens up this community of people who have done it before and want to help so I would just say it's not as hard as I thought it would be and you should do it <laughs> I lo- honestly I think that's so valuable I love that you say that because so many people especially entrepreneurs are always like you're gonna work 24 7 you're gonna quit your nine to five to work 48 hours a week like whatever, whatever it is, but always stressing that like you're going to be hustling harder than you ever were. And it's not to say that you don't work hard, but I think it creates like kind of an unhealthy mentality. I think maybe it is easier than we all think. (laughs) Totally. And it's, I completely agree. And yeah, it's challenging in a different way because you're learning new things that you've never done before every day, things that you didn't even know you had to learn. And Mm -hmm. that can be challenging, but you also can design the kind of life that you want and the sense that like, we don't want to be working like that. And, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be that way, whether you're in a corporate job well a corporate job you have a little less autonomy but I think if you like not everyone's entrepreneurial so I think even if you're in the corporate space like just finding a company that's a good fit for your lifestyle to me is like so important yeah I agree um and then I did want to ask you a little bit so as a woman selling nipple covers (laughs) have you struggled at all to feel confident be taken seriously um I mean, I'm sure you have to explain what these are to men. It's obviously, I feel like a lot easier to explain it to women. Um, But yeah, can you speak to that? Yeah, it's funny. I think I'm like so into what we're doing. I wasn't expecting, (laughs) must be on a different planet. I wasn't expecting it to be challenging. Um, But yeah, it, it is at times. And, but I will say what I've found is, and I think my, I don't like giving advice because we're a year into our business and I don't feel qualified, but I will say the only advice I will say is I have seen so many meetings completely do a 180 when we talk about the vision of our brand and what we're doing versus the actual like here and now and our individual product. So Mm -hmm. just to give you an example, my dad set up my dad has a friend who started this skincare company, a very established skincare company run by this man, probably in his 50s or maybe 60s. And hopefully he's not like 40 and here's this. <laughs> but um, but he super established. And meanwhile, we just wanted to talk to him to pick his brain and have an, just have a casual conversation. And before the meeting, he called my dad and he's like, I just... Like, I'm not going to be investing in your girl's company. And um, meanwhile, we weren't even asking him to. Mm -hmm. So so we get on the call. We explain, you know, the vision of where we're going. We are redefining the bra industry. There are so many solutions that don't exist for all the different body types. And, you know, told him about our community that's so loyal and engaged Mm -hmm. and how we're running that. And by the end of the call, he was asking to invest in us. (laughs) So... 
And I was talking to someone else who said, wow, the door was shut before it was even open. And I mean, yes, it was because he didn't understand the product. He didn't understand. He didn't even listen. Like he didn't even wait to listen. So um, I will say, I think especially for women, but for anyone, it's really important when you're starting out to sell the vision of where you're going versus where you are today. So like thinking about what your mission is, what your company's ethos is and like your five to 10 year scope essentially. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. Did you watch the We Crash show on Apple about the WeWork guy? I didn't like the show with Anne Hathaway in it. Yeah. Yeah, I did watch it. Okay. <laughs> so like, obviously he drove his company into the ground, so you don't want to do that. But I think just, I mean, if you want to see someone talk about a vision, that would mm-hmm. be a good thing to watch because that's something. That's all I mean, he's that selling. Was, yeah. That's all he's selling. And mm-hmm. I think that we, without driving our business into the ground, I just think that you can learn a little bit about like, it is, it is, I found really important to sell the vision instead of just the here and now. Yeah. Casey, I wanted to ask you because obviously you worked in corporate America before this. Do you think it's just as important to sell yourself that way, like in your career, in your, or in the office? Like, can you basically translate what we just talked about into that as well? Yeah, I think in the corporate space, I think anytime you can show that you're thinking of how your piece fits in with the bigger picture of what the company's trying to do, I think, and like almost the advice that like, I don't know why I really don't like giving advice, but um, <laughs> you're qualified. I, trust me. Thank you. One time I um, had to speak to college students and um, they, <laughs> the advice I gave to them, cause I was like, how can I explain like this in a tangible way for them? And I said, like, think about what, what's important to your boss and play and, and then think about what's important to your boss's boss and just make sure you're aligning with that and you're speaking those terms because at the end of the day in corporate America, your boss wants to look good. Your boss's boss wants to look good. Totally. And also they're thinking about things at the next level up mm-hmm. than you are. So like, I think just like if you have that frame of mind of like, what's important to my boss, what's important to my boss's boss and how can I make their lives easier and and feed into their efforts and show that I'm aware of that. I think that typically has, was helpful in my, in my corporate days. Yeah. That's a good answer. So like seeing the bigger picture and then how you fit into it or how you can like help them get ahead in that, in that picture. Um, Okay. So I think my last question I wanted to ask you about, this is something that I've been thinking so much about, but how do you network with other women or with other entrepreneurs? That's a really great question. I would say just start <laughs> anywhere and ask people if they know anyone. And my sister is a lot more, I would say, like extroverted than I am. So she has built her an amazing network over the last literally 10 years. So she mm-hmm. already has an amazing network. And I've learned a lot from watching how she does it. And she, I mean, she is just really kind to everybody. And um, it doesn't matter like what stage someone is at. I feel like she just treats everybody with respect and with the sense of there's something to learn from everyone. And I've found like, once you talk with one person, 
who's an entrepreneur, they want to help you. So they'll connect you with more people. And just like sometimes yeah, that's asking, true. Mm-hmm. Like just I don't do anything like formal, like network formal networking events or anything like that. But I've just found like just ask it kind of just comes up organically or I'll ask someone if they have a connection and people are generally really open to sharing. So like doing discovery calls or like informational meetings or interviews and stuff like that. Yeah. Like we always, I would say probably two or three times a week, we'll talk to someone who's started a business before and we meet them through like talking, like, for example, talking to you, you might've had someone else on your podcast and yeah. I ask you, Hey, do you know anyone? Or like, <laughs> or like yesterday I was having a call with someone and we're looking for someone to help us with retail. So I kind of put myself out there and asked if she knew anyone and she's going to connect us with someone else. So it's just really like putting yourself out there a little, but I found people are pretty, once you start the network just kind of explodes because everyone wants to help. Awesome. No, that's great. It's kind of like dating because I feel like you're more likely to date someone that you like have a mutual friend in common that connects you to them versus like going cold shoulder to like a speed dating event or something. Yeah. And even just out like in the wild, like we were out with friends and they brought another friend who works for a venture capital firm. And after I was like, Hey, can we talk sometime? I want to learn more about when we want to sell our business one day, what we need to do now. And so I set up a call with him. So it's just like, just like organically, just having your mind open to just being curious and, Mm -hmm. and starting there. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Well, thank you so much for your time. I will put it in the show notes as well, but you can find Cakes and more information about Casey and Taylor on cakesbody.com and be sure to follow them on TikTok and Instagram as well. Um, But thank you, Casey, for your time. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Thank you for listening to That's Her Business. If Casey and I convince you to try cakes, you can use promo code ROSE, R-O-S-E, for 20% off your purchase. And remember, Cakes donates $1 for every purchase to Women's Health. I'm your host, Rosie Allen, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.